The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. I'm Bruce McGregor with Chris McGregor. And today, Chris, we have with us again Mike Aquilina, the Executive Vice President of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Mike, the author of many books on church history, doctrine, and devotion. He's hosted several series on EWTN, past editor of New Covenant Magazine. His books include Angels of God, the Bible, the Church, and the Heavenly Hosts. Loving the Little Things, which we love, and Fathers of the Church, Mass of the Early Christians. We could go on and on and on. But today, we want to welcome Mike here as uh, we're going to talk about one of our favorite saints, St. Perpetua. Mike, good morning and welcome back. Morning, Bruce. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. Well, Mike, for many of our listeners, they've heard us speak about St. Perpetua before, but there's something really wonderful, very special about this particular saint because the Lord is bringing her forth in even stronger ways now. And one of those resulted in a DVD, an animated DVD, which is spectacular. But then another one, another accompanying DVD that you're a part of. That's right. A Catholic Heroes of the Faith is the, the name of the series of animated DVDs, and and uh, and the first installment in that series is the story of Saint Perpetua. It says, "Wild beasts did not shake her faith." Again, that's Heroes of the Faith, and and uh, the great thing about it is is uh, is that it's got such good production quality. It's it's a quality that's worthy of its subject because, as you know, and and as as many of your listeners know, I'm a big fan of Saints Perpetua and Felicity. I think they have an inspiring story. It's from the very early years of the Church, and they witness to the tradition that all of us hold dear today. They certainly do. I think the more I pray with St. Perpetua, I find that her message and the witness of her life, essentially when we talk about what is her message, it's that whole how she lived out her life and what she gave is as relevant today as it was even how many years ago? 1,800 years ago. Yes, well, she's a very attractive character. Um, she's, she was a young woman, you know, 21 years old when she died. Uh, but she had a, such a maturity, and she, was, she had that kind of uh, streak of rebellion that, uh, that many young people have, but it was a good rebellion. She was rebelling against everything that was evil in the world and everything uh, that, uh, that the world was ready to leave behind because of the advent of, of, of uh, the Word incarnate, Jesus Christ. She, she was raised a pagan, but she came to love Jesus Christ, and she gave her life to him. Now, Perpetua had everything to live for. She was a young, newlywed. She was a noble woman. She had a, a status in society, and, uh, and her family owned property. All of these, all of these uh, things that, that we would count as success in the world. She was having her first child. She was, she was, the, the child was a newborn, and at the breast, at the time, she was arrested. But... She was, a, she was able to detach herself for, from all those things and leave them all behind and really embrace martyrdom as a witness of her love for Jesus Christ. And she knew that she would be leaving her baby in good hands, she would be leaving her family in good hands, and she would be able to do more for them on the other side of her martyrdom, even than she could do in this life. She's highly educated. We know that just for the sheer fact that she wrote out 
her experiences while she was in the prison, just the fact that a woman would have the ability to be able to write. Chris, that's a, gr- a great point. You know, she is, she is really, uh, you know, one of the only voices we have from women in the early church. If you think about it, we talk often about the fathers of the church, but there are very few mothers of the church who have left writings behind because, as you point out, they didn't have the same opportunities. They mm-hmm. didn't have the same professional opportunities or educational opportunities. But in Perpetual, we have this voice that is so feminine and, and so rich and so, um, uh, you know, so girlish, really. Mm-hmm. Just the way she writes, there's a naturalness to it, a casualness, and yet she's writing of a visionary experience. She's writing of, of really uh, an experience at the limit of what people could endure in these, these whole prisons and as they face martyrdom. Yeah, just the chronicling. She probably never, ever conceived the fact that children, teenagers, families would be reflecting on her stories, on her writings, 1,800 years later. She wouldn't have been able to conceive that, I'm sure. That's true, because we think about it. There was no printing press at the time. There were no media. There was, there was nothing that could spread the word around like that. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that people looked at her and said, you're throwing your life away. You have everything to live for. You could live out your, your, your span of three, four, and ten and, and then uh, die in your bed. She, um, she wasn't going to do that. She was going to do the right thing. And uh, what's amazing is the kind of fame she attained as a result. Uh, within years of her death, everyone, every Christian in the world knew about her mm-hmm. because of this diary that was copied out by hand. Again, there was no printing press. There was no radio or TV or Internet. So it was copied out laboriously by hand and spread all over the known world. So people knew about her instantly (laughs) everywhere. And not only that, she was the subject of artwork as far away as Italy. We find references to her in in mosaics and in murals. It's, uh, It's a beautiful thing. The fame she attained, she never could have predicted it, but it was there in God's plan. He had a plan to glorify his name through the life and the, and the sacrificial death of Perpetua. She was a mult for early Christian women because of her, her fierce independence, because of that rebellious streak, that good rebellious streak, and because she witnessed to, to so many great realities in that, that, that little visionary diary she kept while she was in prison. For many Catholics, we've heard the the name Perpetua and Felicity in the litany of the saints, you know, growing up in our whole lives, and but never really knew her story. But now, because of a form of the new evangelization, a creative use of the media, well, we have two extraordinary DVDs. I think so beautifully done was the animation and the storytelling in what would be called the children's video, but it's not. I mean, I mean, Bruce, you should have you should have seen us. We, I mean, there was weeping going on here. I cry. <laughs> yeah, it's a very moving video, and and uh, and people, if they want to get a sense of it, there is a trailer at CatholicHeroesOfTheFaith.com. There's also a free download if you register at the site. One of the one of my favorite parts of the video is um is the theme song, Perpetua's song which is an adaptation of one of the psalms in Latin and in English. And it's, it's stunning. It's a haunting setting, the song. And if, if people go to CatholicHeroesOfTheFaith.com and register, they can download the song 
free and keep it on their iPod, which is a great thing. But it'll give you an idea of the quality of of um, the, the artistic quality, really, of the whole production. Uh, I, I'm I'm high on it, and, I, and the reviewers have been uh, so far. You know, there so many authors that I, I revere, like Carl Summer and Rod Bennett and uh, and Al Cresta, have have written very uh, you know, effusive reviews of it, uh, and and then focus on the quality, which they say rivals Disney's quality. So, oh, yeah. so it's all of that that good good artwork, really, and and all of that good um, artistic talent, but being put to the use of, um, in in uh, proclaiming the gospel. The same goes for the documentary as well, which is meant to help people, especially adults, grow deeper in their understanding of it. And so much of that was shot on site in North Africa, at the in the very places where Perpetua and her companions uh, were imprisoned, and where they, um, they they faced the beasts in the final test of their faith. Yeah, there's something really poignant when you're able to visualize the actual spots where these martyrdoms occurred. I mean, we in essence do that from the last century when we visit the death camps in uh, you know Auschwitz or Birkenbelsen in Germany but for the Christian family the death of those early martyrs in the coliseums in those places of sport you and I have stood in the on the floors of the Colosseum in Rome, uh, or the spot where Agnes was killed, or you know, even where Saint Cecilia was beheaded. There's something that cries out from that ground, doesn't it, Mike? Really does. And I can remember when you and I walked through the catacombs together, because when we got to the crypt of Saint Cecilia, I turned around and I saw you weeping because of the beauty of, of the moment and uh, because of of the beauty of, of St. Cecilia's witness, another witness of a young woman in the early church, uh, that the blood of the martyrs is seed. That is the, the saying that we've, we, we all know. It's the seed of the church, the blood of the martyrs. And it was, it was uttered by, by Tertullian, who was a companion of uh, Saints Perpetua and Felicity, and very likely knew them. You know, many scholars believe that Tertullian's tract to the martyrs, his letter to the martyrs, was written to this very group of martyrs, as they awaited their their judgment and then their execution, uh, he was exhorting them to courage. Um, the blood of the martyrs is seed. It was it was that way in North Africa. It was that way in the ancient church, and and it continues to be today. Um, the church grows um, where 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 people are willing to go that 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 final mile and witness to the faith and show that there's something that's worth more than this life. They have something worth dying for, because they have something worth living for. And when people see that people want what they have. And we can see it today in China, we can see it throughout Africa, we can see it in many places in the Muslim world where Christians are persecuted and where they're prevented from keeping their faith. When Christians are willing to be punished and persecuted and still persevere in the faith, others are inspired to follow them and to love our Lord. You're listening to Spirit Mornings here on Spirit Catholic Radio 102.7 FM with Bruce McGregor and... Chris McGregor. Talking today with Mike Aquilina on St. Perpetua. Well, and just that witness of the martyrs, I just, you know, we, we look at today's world, and it's one thing when we reflect on what's happening, even in, in countries around the world today, to those who, as you so beautifully said, they have something worth dying for because it's something worth living for. And here in the United States, there is... For so many of us, in particular Catholics, who have this beautiful gift, this this fullness of communion that we have in the sacraments and so many other things, sometimes we close our mouths, we're afraid to even speak. 
about those types of things that, again, Perpetuum Felicity were willing to die for. That's right. And, you know, these videos really do kind of awaken us. They open our eyes to the extent of the sacrifice. It's not just a moment's decision. Sometimes, for some martyrs it was, but for them, you know, it was preceded by a trial. It was preceded by imprisonment. It was probably preceded by a time when they knew it was coming, because in the Severan persecution, uh, it, was, it was appointed persecution. It wasn't kind of going after all Christians. The only thing Septimius Severus was interested in was converts. He knew he couldn't pull Christianity by the roots, but he wanted to stop its growth. So he didn't want any new converts to Christianity or Judaism, and he forbade both. Uh, so he went after the RCIA classes, essentially. He went mm-hmm. after the catechumens, and, uh, and that's where Perpetua was. She was preparing to be baptized, uh, along with Felicity, um, a slave girl, and several others. So they, um, they're arrested, and she probably knew that was coming. Well, what she shows us is all of the various sacrifices that she had to make on the way to the ultimate sacrifice. Goodness, when I read those parts of her diary, and when I see those parts of the, the, the video where it portrays her, her dialogues with her father, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking, it's heartrending. I'm a dad, and, and, and goodness, you know, you have some sympathy for the guy whose daughter is in rebellion. He doesn't understand why she's doing this, and he's watching her go to certain death. First, he's very angry, and she portrays that. He's very angry, and she understands that. It hurts her, but she understands it. Um, and then, later, he's, he's, he, he comes to her again, and he's pitiable, and she feels so sorry for him. Her heart breaks for him again, and, uh, and, there, and there's nothing she can do about it because she must do the right thing. And finally, when we see him, he's mad with grief. He's acting like a crazy man, so much so that the judge in the courtroom has him beaten in front of everyone. And he's a nobleman. They didn't do that lightly, so he must have been causing a ruckus. This is an amazing thing to see happen. It really shows us the drama, and it shows us the extent of the sacrifice that that someone like uh, Perpetua had to make on the way to martyrdom. It was a gradual giving up of family ties even as she was embracing a new family in the church. And that comes through very vividly in her diary as well, because she's surrounded by these other Christians in prison, which, which would have been a, a horrible place, um, and, and she's able to, um, to pray with them and to, uh, to enjoy a certain communion with them, even as they all waited uh, this final test of their faith. Yeah, I thought the role of the bishop was a very strong one, too. I mean, just all of the characters in this, what was to be for for kids, ages 8 to 12, my gosh, again, it's so beautiful. It's like the best of fairy tales, but it's not a fairy tale. It's a true story, <laughs> because it transcends all ages, because it's a message that speaks to the human heart. Well, it shows you the variety of the communion of saints, because the people who are with her aren't like these generic cookie-cutter Christians, you know, who all act the same way. They're all very different from one another, and that comes through in the animated video as well. You have somebody like Stinus, who's, who's one of these macho men, right? But mm-hmm. he's all that macho stuff to the Lord. And he says that when he's into the arena, he wants to take on all the animals for Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he gets his wish. He's attacked by two different kinds of beasts before, before he's, he, he finally succumbs. And then you have Satyrus, who has this 
fear of being attacked by a bear. And it was a rational fear, because a bear would kill you a lot more slowly than a leopard. Mm-hmm. So he's praying that he's spared at least that, that he, he could face any animal except a bear. And sure enough, when he gets into the arena, God grants him that prayer. But you see all of these different kinds of people in the communion of saints, uh, all different kinds of personalities, and they're people we know. I know guys like Saturnus. I know guys like Saturninus. These p- personalities come through very clearly, and they show us that there's a real variety, uh, you know, in in uh, in the people Jesus calls, uh, and and it's the variety that we experience in our parish, the, the variety we experience among our Christian friends, and the fact that this is a DVD that for all ages of the family, that in itself is miraculous. I mean, how do you make martyrdom something you can show children? I think you're right about that, but it is. It's something that will be very moving. It will move everyone in different ways. You know, young children will be moved by the action mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and by the, the characters, really, because they're well-drawn and they're very attractive characters. Um, they, have, they have the kind of personnel children are drawn to. Um, adults will tune into the drama. They'll know what's going on in terms of tensions with the family, the generation gap that we see played out there and the decisions that you have to make as an adult and the sacrifices you have to make in order to do the right thing. This drama works on so many different levels. But I think, yes, you know, even children as young as preparing for First Communion and the First Confession, if you have that age of reason, you're going to be able to do a lot with a story like this and be inspired by it. Of course, we're talking about the animated story, new on DVD, called The Story of St. Perpetua, which is available at Catholic bookstores in the area, as well as online at catholicheroesofthefaith.com. But also, there is an absolutely fantastic, I love it, it stars one of my favorite guys on the whole planet, Mike Aquilina, a DVD that talks about the life of St. Perpetua. You know, And they did some really neat production things on this one as well. They did. They they incorporated some some original artwork depicting Saint per- Saints Perpetua and Felicity and their companions, but they also went into the ruins so that you can go there too. You, know, you can follow them into the ruins in North Africa. You can be that that jail, you know, where they and you can see the arena where they they met their martyrdom. You can also see the basilica that was erected on the site. And that 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 video is called the Passion of Saint Perpetua, Martyr of the Faith. And you can even you can even order that. You can buy it uh, for. In- instant download from Amazon.com. But of course, the trailers and everything is uh, are viewable at CatholicHeroesOfTheFaith.com. And as I said before, that stunning music, uh, Perpetuous Song, is available free for download at CatholicHeroesOfTheFaith.com. Uh, and all you have to do is register at the website. It was fun when we had producer Robert Fernandez on with us, Mike, and he was sharing with us how when they first started this project, they were trying to determine which saint to uh, kind of use as their their first saint in this series that they hope to offer to the world, and how he came across an interview that we were doing with you on the life of St. Perpetua, and it was from that that inspired him to indeed select this beautiful woman as the, the first one in this series. I remember that conversation, and I remember how moving it was for me so I'm not surprised that uh, that he was moved as well. This is the kind of effect that Perpetua has on people. She's an inspiration. I would imagine that 
beautiful contemplation that she had in her prayer as well, that that depth that she went into her heart and experienced in that contemplation of what is it that Jesus is calling me to do. It's a real lesson for all of us to take time to be able to go into those places, too. It really is. And uh, go into those places, not only the geographic locations, but also, as you said, the contemplative places, the places, the quiet places in the heart where we're going to be able to raise raise everything we have and give it to Jesus the way she did. We might not be called to that kind of martyrdom, but we're certainly going to be called to giving things up, to dying to self day after day, giving that that, that slow-burn witness over the course of a life, which is the kind of martyrdom that most Christians undergo, the kind of witness that most Christians undergo in the course of a lifetime. That's all martyr means. Martyr means a witness in the court of law, and we're all standing in that court with a lot of onlookers, and, uh, and we're here to give witness to Jesus Christ, and they're here to see that witness. And they will act upon it. They'll judge based on, on the testimony we give. So we have to pray that we'll be as faithful as these martyrs perpetuate in felicity. You know, it strikes me when you mention the fact that the persecutor of those early Christians in the area where Perpetual and Felicity lived sought to stamp out the increase of conversion occurring by going after the catechumens. Essentially, that at that time, there are CIA groups in which, as you just said, Perpetual and Felicity were members. And when we look on what's going on in the Church today, especially in the Catholic Church, I was uh, speaking with someone recently about how it's those adults who we call them converts. Generally, in today's America's church, they're already baptized Christians, so it's not technically the absolute best term. But those who are coming into full communion to the Catholic Church are some of the strongest witnesses for the faith, for those who were baptized and raised as children in the Catholic Church. Their witness continues in their activity in the, in the church, really uh, puts a fire in, in a community. I think you're right, and I think Septimius Severus knew that, and he was a North African himself, so uh, I'm sure that that the governor in that area knew that he would be watching closely. Um, So he wanted to really, really squash that growth, squash that enthusiasm, and snuff out any inspiration that might happen, and he thought that the way to do it was by killing these people. It would send a message to any other potential converts out there, and killing them in a very public way, a very pagan way, because it was all part of the, the, the sacred rites to celebrate his son's birthday. I mean, this, is, this was all part of the pagan package. And so a lot of people would throng to the arena to see this, and, uh, and it would make a statement. And it did make a statement. It made an impression on people, and I'm sure that the blood of those martyrs was the seed of many conversions and growth in the church in North Africa and the generations to come. Remember, it's the stock that we get... St. Cyprian in the, of Carthage in the next generation, and eventually St. Augustine, who was the greatest of the fathers. So this is the kind of, kind of um, uh, fruit that came from the seed uh, that was planted in 203 A.D. by, by Perpetua, Felicity, and their companions. The fact that they were young mothers, and in particular Felicity, I mean, we, we should give her her due as well, because she is someone who at that moment is depicted even in the films. I mean, she gave birth to a child and trusted, trusted that the Lord would take care of that child because she had to follow where her heart was calling her. That's right. And, and you know, she did provide for the child. They found a good Christian family. 
who would take care of the upbringing of the child. She made sure that that the child was in good hands and would would receive the gospel. So, you know, she had faith. So she knew that a mother could do more from heaven than a mother can do on earth. So there wasn't that um, that uh, that despair that you would you would have otherwise if you thought you were just abandoning abandoning your child um, or that there was nothing you could do about it. She knew that she would be able to do more from heaven than she could do for the child on earth. Remarkable. Well, what are some of the things that kind of surprised you about all of this, Mike? I mean, in particular, not just the phone call that said, hey, do you want to do a DVD documentary for us? What are some of the insights that have surprised you even after all this time? Well, I guess I guess a, a, a couple of things. One is is um, just the the ability to um, to go in with the camera <laughs> to follow mm-hmm. the camera, even though I you know I can't afford to go to Africa in order to see these sites. The ability to go in and really see them up close, because you know there are lots of documentaries about the pyramids, and there are lots of documentaries about about all different kinds of sites on Earth. But but uh, who else would do a documentary on? on these sites for the life of uh, Saints Perpetua and Felicity, other than a Christian who is deeply devoted to them. You know, they're, they're not the most popular saints uh, around, like St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, you know, she inspires movies uh, all the time. But, uh, but, but they're, they're, uh, they're ancient saints, and they're important saints. So that was a great privilege for me, I thought, to be able to go down into the ruins and see, see these very places where the martyrdoms took place. Uh, the other thing is that Perpetua herself and her her uh, her quality, her innocence, her her gentleness, her femininity always just overpowers me. She's such an attractive personality. She's such a strong young woman, um, and uh, and and I'm always moved by that. I I, I I can't help it. So she's always a surprise to me, no matter how many times I encounter her. Uh, the other thing is that you know all of a sudden you find that name jumping out at you from the from the first Eucharistic prayer, when, when we remember the saints of the ancient Church, and one of them, uh, and among them, are, are Saints Perpetua and Felicity. Well, now you kind of have images to go with those names, and even music to go with those names. And, it's, and they're inspiring images, and they're, they're, they're music that's given to praise. So it's a, it's a powerful experience all around. Yeah, her witness is so strong that even now, I'm recalling a homily that I just heard recently from Father Val Peter, former executive director at Boys Town, but who still now continues to be very active in the lives of the kids there, who have come from all kinds of situations, Mike. I mean, have come from uh, homes that have been torn apart and lives that have, have been just so deeply damaged by the culture and other forces that are out in the world. And I, recalling him talking about St. Perpetua, of all things, and he's, he kind of boiled it down to, to three things he wanted the kids to remember coming from this saint who lived so long ago. And he said, as she was walking in the arena, she held fast to her friends, and she said, number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, hold on tight to each other. And number three, don't do bad things when the pain comes. Oh, that's so true, all of it. Uh, the other thing is that we look at it and we see, and we maybe even remember in our own lives, that there is a certain pushing off from the home that happens um, with young people. And sometimes it manifests itself as adolescent rebellion. What Perpetua realized was, was that there's a way to do that in accord with God. You know, she pu- had to push off from the home, but she did it in a wholesome way. She did it in a virtuous way. She did it in a, in, in a way that has been remembered for millennia now. So there's, there, there's, there are so many lessons in there for, for children, for parents, um, for young adults, 
we can all learn something from this story. Yeah. So again, the name of the DVD that you have out is? The documentary is The Passionate Perpetua, Martyr of the Faith, and the animated feature is called The Story of St. Perpetua, and that's in the series Catholic Heroes of the Faith. And you can see trailers for both at catholicheroesofthefaith.com. You can also download Perpetua's song for free if you register at catholicheroesofthefaith.com. Yeah, I think both are worthy of viewings by all groups, including, for sure, RCIA groups and any adult faith formation, but also in, in high schools and religious set programs and in our homes. Our homes need to have this, you know, so that we can pass this on to others. Teachers and catechists will be happy to know that there's a, a study guide available for free online, and it's their download. All you have to do is, is push the button, and it's yours. And uh, it'll help you to watch the video in class, but then lead the class in a fruitful discussion afterwards. Well, Mike, it's been a great conversation. Of course, so we do want to encourage people to uh, pick up copies of those DVDs. Great stuff coming off of the screen and the TV leads to great things coming out of the domestic church into the marketplace. Well, thank you so much for having me on and for helping me spread the word about these, these lovely saints. Absolutely our pleasure. Mike Aquilina, everyone, and again, Vice President at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me.